Amen. If you have your Bibles there open and your notepads ready to take notes and all that stuff with me, open up to 2 Samuel chapter 23 with me. I, uh, I know you're going to be blessed today. Well, I hope you've already been blessed, to be honest with you. Uh, with that word and worship, how many of you could say that God is already speaking to my heart today? In 2 Samuel chapter 23, let's just... Let's just enjoy this story today. Let's really enjoy this story. It's an amazing story, and as we jump into the story, today's theme, today's word that we were going to focus on on our last day of our fast is the word breakthrough, breakthrough. For you guys that know what that definition is, I'm, I'm going to read it to you. It's an advance all the way through. That's what breakthrough is, advancing all the way through. A breakthrough is not advancing halfway. You didn't break through. You still stayed stuck. A breakthrough is going all the way through, and look what it says next, and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. It's breaking through even beyond the enemy and how the enemy stands before us. Amen? It's breaking through that. Another definition says an act or an instance of removing or surpassing any obstruction or restriction that's in our lives. So, so basically removing the obstruction or removing the restriction in the definition before, that would be the enemy's front line. As we jump into this passage of 2 Samuel chapter 23, I want you to see what might be areas in your life that you need to break through beyond. Not, not halfway, not a quarter, or almost there. I'm talking about fully breaking through the enemy, fully breaking through your weaknesses, fully break, breaking through once and for all. Amen. So what I want to do is I want to jump into 2 Samuel, if you may, with me. And we're going to start off on verse 8. And I'm just going to read the story and kick it with you like if I'm reading to my son before going to sleep. Every night we do that. So I'm going to do it with you. I just won't get it as animated if that's cool with you guys because then it will get real weird on a Sunday morning. And David had these friends. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But in chapter 23, it goes on and it starts to describe David's mighty men. I want you to check these dudes out, man. How many of you say maybe now or in your lifetime, you had some serious, tough friends? How many of you would say that? I could say I had some serious, tough friends. I, I could really say that. All right? Watch David. Watch this. It says, these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Uh, forgive me with some of the names, so I'll just cut them short. He had Josheb. He was the chief among the captains. He was called the Dean of the Esnai. Look at this. He had killed 800 men at one time. Pretty tough, man. And after him, David had Eleazar, the, who cares, the son, this person. And he was also one of the three mighty men with David. And when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated, Eleazar, he arose and he attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. How many of you ever felt weary in your life? Yeah, like seriously, you felt weary? Where you know God's calling you, you know God's telling you, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And then you say what? I'm so weary, I'm so weary, I am so weary in my life. How many of you have been there? Well, he said, it says here that he was so weary and his hand was stuck to the sword and the Lord brought about a great victory that day 
And the people returned after him only to plunder, so to receive all the damage that he did. And after him was Sham, Shema. And the Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. Love this. Love this. Verse 12. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field. And he defended it. And he killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. He, that's so cool. Everyone dips and he stays. Everyone leaves and he stays in the middle of the field and says, bring it. I'm not moving from here. And he destroys the Philistines. I mean, what a story. I want to be like that, God. I want to be like that. That's pretty cool. Then three of the 30 chief men went down at the harvest time. And they came to David at the cave of, of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines, they encamped in the valley of whatever. You need to understand, these men and David are Israelites. They're Jews. Everyone say, yeah. Their enemies are Philistines. Everyone say, oh, wow. Okay, good. Get that. You have David the, the, uh, and his army. They're Israelites. And then you have Philistines. They're the, they're the army that is against them, the enemies of the Israelites. Watch this. So you have the, um, the Philistines encamped in one place. David and the Israelites encamped in another. And it says here, look at verse 14. It says, David was then in the stronghold. The stronghold and the garrison for the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And when David said with longing. I know in this church there have been people for this last week that have understand what this word longing means. Okay, understand it. It says, when David said with longing. Oh, oh, you're in, oh, if I could just have that piece of meat. Oh, oh, what does he say? Oh, that, that someone would just give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem. He, he basically craved for a specific drink, and the specific drink was from a specific well, and the specific well was in the specific city, and it's called Bethlehem. Oh, if I could just drink from Bethlehem's water. Right now, I'm such in need of Bethlehem's water. Watch this. It gets even better. It's awesome. Watch this. So the three mighty men that I just read to you, they said, all right, cool. David wants water. David's going to get water. So the three men, they broke through the camp of the Philistines. They drew water from the well of Beth Bethlehem. Did you guys see what they did? They broke what? They broke through the camp of the Philistines. I'm going to talk to you real quick about that in a, in a moment. So underline that, hold on, hold on to that. They drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and they took it and they brought it to David. And then if you continue to read the story, nevertheless, David could not drink it. He poured it out. How can I drink this water? You guys almost died for me. I can't drink this now in front of you. And he pours it out with a punch. Don't you dare. We almost died for that water. How can you throw that water out? Let's keep reading. I just so you can see what David's guys are like, just for the fun of it. Watch this. Everyone go to, um, go to verse 18. There was another guy by the name of Abishai. I don't know, something like that. And it says, he lifted his spear against 300 men and he killed them. And he won a name among these three. He was not the most honored of the three, so therefore he became the captain. However, he did not attain what the first three had. Verse 20. Then there was Beniah. He was the son of, yeah, uh-huh. And look at this. He was a valiant man who had done uh, many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Awesome book on that title, by the way. 
And then he killed a, an Egyptian, a spectacular man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff. Cool, spear versus staff, let's do it. Okay. He wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and he killed him with his own spear. Pretty cool, man. These things Benaiah, the son of whatever, did, and he won a name among the three men. He was more honored than the 30, but he appointed him over the guard because he was not really part of the three. And then he had Asahil. Asahil was one of the 30. And then he goes on to Ephanah and Shana and Helez and Abiezer and Zalman, and he begins to describe all the men of David. When you look at David and his mighty men, uh, I'm really not going to go anywhere else in Scripture. We're going to stay right here and just enjoy this story. When David became king, eventually, when he became king, he built a powerful, powerful nation by the, it's called the nation of Israel. And this powerful nation that Israel, that Israel was, that David built, he built it with a great army, a great army like these men that I just read to you today. If it wasn't for some of these men, I don't know, if David really wouldn't have been able to do this by himself. It would have been impossible. But he had men like this that brought such great success to David and to his kingdom. I want you to know that. So here's David in the midst of this story. He's in a place called the stronghold. As he's in the stronghold, it hits him and he says, man, am I craving for some of that water. You know that we're on a fast on the way to church this morning. My wife goes, you know what I'm craving? And I'm thinking like, something juicy. You know, something bloody. <laughs> Sorry, if, if you guys don't eat like that, forgive us. We're just been on a fast. I know some of you guys are like, hey. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, tell me so I could crave it with you. She's like, a public sub, a rap from public. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> you want to know what I was craving? That cow that we just passed when I was driving down <laughs> Now Miami Lakes, I want that cow and I want to put it on a grill. Okay, okay, but here's David and he's in the garrison of the, of the stronghold. And as he's there, he starts to say, boys, boys. And his three best friends, his three warriors, his right men, left-hand men and right-hand men walk up to him and they say, what is it, D? And he says, man, I'm, I'm thirsty. You know what? I, how about you guys? Yeah, yeah, we're thirsty. Like, you know what would be good right now? What? Some water from Bethlehem's well. And they're like, oh, man, Bethlehem's water is the best water there is. Why did you have to say that? And they were like, oh. And he probably put his head back on a rock or something. And those three friends looked at each other and said, David wants water. David should get water. I mean, that's powerful. So David finds himself here longing for a drink. And he never commands his three friends, his three warriors, band of warriors here to ever get him water. He simply just made a desiring comment. But the only problem was this, guys. And this is where I want you to get as I structure out this message. The only problem was, what is it? He wants to drink water from Bethlehem. The problem is, Bethlehem is surrounded by what? By the greatest army that ever lived. The Philistines. And you want to know where the greatest army that ever lived is surrounding? The well that David wants to drink from. Why that well, David? You could have gone to Burger King across the street, but you want the well from Bethlehem. He's like, I, I just wanted that one. I craved it. Why Publix, man? A wrap from Publix? We're going to, you know, 
on the way over here, like, you know we're eating meat today, right? <laughs> I'm not going. And then, you know, the whole story comes in, right? You can't break your fast heavy. Don't, I'm going to warn you now. If you break it with something heavy and then you get sick later on at the house, I'm like, I I'm going big today. <laughs> I get sick. I get sick. I'm going big. But David went big. I wanted Bethlehem's water. He went big. So the Philistines were encamped all around the wells in Bethlehem. And I'd say, i truly say this, that there was definitely a sort of restriction. How about you? Wouldn't you say that? Some sort of obstruction from getting this water that David so longed for. There was an obstruction. Hey, um, David, we showed up. The enemies around this water. Mm, kind of an issue here. Big problem. Big problem for such a little thing like water. Enemies here, we could die because of this, okay? So David and his men, they're in this stronghold. They find themselves in this stronghold. And what is a stronghold? Just in case you do not know what a stronghold is, a stronghold is a fortified place. I've preached on this many times before. It's a place that it could even be a place of safety, a stronghold, a fortified place, especially for times of rest when you are an army or a, a, a time uh, for just safety when you are an army. Fortified place, meaning there's walls that are surrounding you to keeping you safe. And that's where David and his men are. They are in a place of rest. Or maybe even a place of, of just going before going to war. It's a place of, of just relaxing before we go to war. A shade, a place of shade. And they're in this stronghold, in this place that we would call today safety. In a place that we would say, well, I'm comfortable right now. And they're in a stronghold, and David's comfortable, and he says, if I could just have some of that water in my safety net. And, and I wrote this down, and I truly believe this, that one of sins, or one of the enemy's greatest ways of conquering us, listen, is not always in attacking us. Do you know that? That's not the only way that the enemy comes at you. It's not just fiery darts. Your sins, it's not just always by whoom, whoom, one attack after another attack. Sometimes the greatest ways that sin or the enemy could attack us, it's by doing nothing at all. I'm going to explain this to you. It's doing nothing at all. But just doing this one thing, which is this. Just causing us to believe that the thing that my soul so longs for to have, in David's case, it's water. In our case, what is it? Don't say it. But what is it? What does your soul long for, huh? What did you write down on that wall, some of you? What are you anguished for? You get what I'm trying to You see where I'm going? Where are you in a place and you're saying, oh, if God could just heal my son's rebellion. Rebellion, huh? Or if God could just heal my finances. Lord, if you could just touch my husband's heart. Lord, if you could just touch my walk with you. Whatever it might be, what are you longing for? What, what is it inside of you that your soul longs for? Like I said, David's case, it's water. And then you say, well, I guess I'll never get it. And that's what the enemy does. He begins to lie to your mind. And as he lies to your mind, you, you fall in a place of safety and you say, well, I'll never get it. Well, I'll never receive it. And watch this. If you could write this down in your notes. I text. 
we, we, the church texted you guys with this yesterday. Because it seems impossible to go through what I have to go through to get to where I need to get to. So I'd rather just stay put and continue to long for the thing that I so long for. What happens there? It's a mentality. And that mentality now, it places us in what I'm going to call today a stronghold. I'm, a, I'm in a place of safety. I'm in a shelter. But yet I'm longing to get somewhere or I'm longing to receive something. But I will never be able to get there. I'll never be able to receive it. Because that thing which seems impossible to go through, that I have to go through to get to what I need to get to, doesn't seem possible. And we find ourselves in a mental stronghold where we are in a fortified place, listen now, where you, where you have not necessarily reached your full potential. But, but still, though you haven't reached your full potential, your miracle, whatever it is that you're praying for, you feel safe and you, and you feel comfortable. And then we say things like, well, I'm used to living life this way. And I guess this is how I just feel secure. And we lie to our minds. I wonder how many of you have ever been there. This is where I'm secure. This is my safety place. This is where, and it, all it really is, is it's the enemy lying to our minds. Is this where some of us might be today? Like David, in a stronghold, desiring for something, but to get something, there's a massive massive obstacle to go through to get it come on how many of you are asking or needing or praying for something and you know it's there it's there but there is such an obstacle to get there that you rather stay where you're at and you allow the enemy to lie to your mind and say well I guess that's how life is and everyone has to deal with it how about if I say you don't have to deal with it you have the power to break through out of your stronghold and you're able to break through that line and receive that which God wants to give you. How about if I change your mind today, huh? How about if I say, well, that's not how God has called you to think, talk, believe, live. God has called you totally different than that mentality of slavery. God has called you to be totally off that way of thinking. So are you comfortable knowing that what your spirit longs for is accessible to you right before your eyes? But the only thing is, you have to get to what or through what seems impossible to receive it. And in David's case, he wants water. And in David's case, I have to go through the what? Through the Philistines. Man. I, I just... Guys, right now is when you should be getting the picture in your spirit. Lord, I need water, but I have Philistines encamped around the water that are not letting me get to the water. We got to do something about this. And you know what the Lord says? Breakthrough. But we go many times, and we go halfway. We go a certain quarter of a way, but we don't break all the way through. Like I shared in the beginning of the message with the definition. Listen. If it seems impossible to go through what you have to go through. To get to where you want to get to. 
Can you please do me a favor? Can you remember scripture today? Because Jesus' own words in Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says, All things, everyone say all things, are possible for the one who believes. You know what's beautiful about that? Jesus said it. You know what's beautiful about when Jesus says things? His word will not return. So if Jesus says, I have that water for you, and I look at Jesus and say, well, that water is very impossible for me to get. Well, Jesus looks back on us and say this, but I said I had it for you, and what I've said does not return void. So go get what I've said that is yours already. Do you get what I just said? Yes, Lord. And that's the truth in Mark 9, 23. Guys, listen, don't get stuck in a stronghold. Why? Because it weakens you. It conquers you. But I'm safe here. I feel so good. I know. That's the most dangerous place to be at. And a place where you just feel good. That's the worst place to be at. I feel comfortable. I know. The, be the, the enemy builds up those strongholds. And the reason why the enemy builds up those strongholds is to serve as lies to you. So that you will never get to where the Lord desires for you to get to. And that way when he does that, God's word is cut short over your life. And what does Satan feel? Well, now I have great power to continue my work. And that's what Satan does. That's what Satan does. How many of you know the story of the children of Israel? Any of you remember that? About four of you? We do this every Sunday. And I always say four, five, six. Every Sunday we count hands. The children of Israel lived in a mental stronghold. Does anyone know, shout it. Anyone know how many years they lived in a mental stronghold? 40 years in a mental stronghold. That's a lot. Listen, that's a long time to be mentally disturbed and in a stronghold. How many of you have been just mentally in a stronghold for 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, one month, one week, one day? That's enough. Get out of it. So for 40 years, they're stuck in a stronghold. And here are the children of Israel. They had a promised land ahead of them. I'm not going to preach on the children. Just catch me. And God said, I have a promised land, milk and honey and rivers. I mean, it's beautiful. Go there. Stop being slaves in Egypt. That's legend. He's, he's going to be all right. And the Lord says, well, because of your mental stronghold for so many years, I can't bless you. So who's the one that the Lord blesses with the promise? It's not Moses' generation, if you studied Exodus. It's actually Joshua's generation, which is the following generation after Moses. This is huge. Because it's actually the generation which they were willing to break through the strongholds and its lies. If you remember Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones that they sent to go spy on the land that God gave them. Remember the water. Go spy on the water. Go spy on the land. When they went to go spy, remember that story? They come back to the leaders of Israel says, we saw the land. And they said, how was it? It's just like God said, beautiful, right? How was the water? Delicious. Just like David said. So then what, what's the bad news? There's giants in the land and they're encamped. Yeah. We can't beat those giants is what the leaders began to say. We can't get there. To break through is going to be impossible. And Joshua and Caleb and the boys, the young dudes, because there's something about this faith, man, of, 
of younger people sometimes. You know, they're just wild like that. They look at the older people and they're like, what did you just say? What came out of your mouth? You said we can't break through. Did you forget what God did with Egypt 40 years ago? With Pharaoh and the greatest army ever? Did you forget that he split a sea in half? Did you forget that your rod turned into a snake, back into a rod, into leprosy, back to normal, back to leprosy? Do you remember the fire by night and the cloud by day? And you're going to tell me that these giants stand in the way from what God has promised me? Are you out of your mind? So what happens? God's like, yeah, I'm going to have to just let those guys die. And when that generation dies off, Joshua becomes the leader. And Joshua and his boys are the ones that break through and break through the lies that those giants were offering them. And they began to walk into their promised land. Did you guys get that story? Back to David in 2 Samuel. So here's David, and David wants water. And with him, with, without him knowing, David was going to get water. His men, guys, catch this. His men were not bound to a stronghold. But because the only thing that they were bound to was their king's desire and their king's desire to be fulfilled. So when David said, I want water, David's boys said, then he will get some water. And I look at that and I say, it's my same relationship with God. Because when God says, I want my will to be fulfilled in your life, my only answer should be, then your will be fulfilled in my life will be it. It's the king's desire that these men long for. And they break through their stronghold, break through the enemy, and they bring back the water. They break through the enemy's front line. That's removing obstruction. That's removing whatever was, was, was restricting from what was getting what they needed to get to. This is good stuff, man. Did you get that picture today? Do you get the picture of David and the water and the Philistines and his boys and all? Do you guys understand that? Because watch this. I'm about to end. And as I wrap up this message, what does this water mean to us? What does this water mean to us? Well, what it means is, whenever I study the Bible, water all over Scripture, so many times, is symbolic for salvation, isn't it? Isn't it? Salvation. So then I started to look at David and his desire for water. I see his boys and his men, they broke through the camp of Philistines. To draw water from this. What's so important about water? And I just felt this yesterday as the Lord was showing this to me. And he said, Regal, because water is symbolic for salvation. And then I started to think, I said, well, what waters do I need to get to in my life? What waters of salvation do I need to get to in my life? In areas of my life, what strongholds have been built up? And now I am in desperate need for waters of God, for the salvation of God, which what water represents. Because as you're sitting here, you might say, man, Rigo, there's some things in my life that I need to just receive already. There's some water that I need to get to. But as you say that comment, you know that it's going to take a breaking through to get to that water. What, what do you mean? You know it's not going to be easy, right? Right? 
Oh, that was a question. You know it's not going to be easy, right? Good. Get that in your mind. Because it's not going to be easy. Never was, never is, it's never going to be. But you do always come out victorious. Always have, always will, always am, and always will be. It won't be easy, but you'll always be victorious. And, and, and we need to understand that, that there's going to be a breakthrough that needs to happen. So will you do today, starting right now, whatever it takes, now listen, to go through what seems impossible to get to where you now want but have to get to. What will you do today? It's interesting here. Is the worship team here? Because no? oh, we're going to get into worship. Worship team. But this is so important. Just, just listen to this. When we look at water. Man, this is good. In 2 Samuel, in David's life, and even in our lives, the enemy at times encamps around the waters. Just, just catch this. Catch this. Here is David and the enemy is encamping around the water. And, and as they're encamping around the water, it's the same thing in my life. Well, what kind of waters is this? Church, watch this. It's waters of refreshment, water that saves, water that heals, water that delivers us. And, and while I want these waters, it seems difficult to break through at times. Real quick, how many of you have God been calling to certain waters and it's just been so difficult for you to break through, to receive those waters in your life? Man, for sure me. Assure me. And it feels like enemy is there. And I can't get to that water. Do you guys know how Jesus ends the scripture? Right when he's about to end in Revelation 22, man. If you could write this down in your notes, write down Revelation chapter 22 and write down verse 17. Write that down. And look at Jesus' last words. To John. Check this out. He says, Come, let anyone who is thirsty come. And let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Let him what? What does he say to do? Let him come. So the breakthrough is there. Because the command is there. And the command is come. Hey, watch this church. Are you thirsty for a breakthrough? The answer is what? And God's answer is come. His command is, is come. Hey, Rigo, are you, do you desire to drink? My answer is yes. And God's command is come. Regal, do you desire to drink freely from the water of life? Well, what's your answer, church? Absolutely. Of course I want to drink from your waters. Why wouldn't I? And the Lord says, come. As a matter of fact, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, what? So go find other people.
that are thirsty and bring them and let them what? Drink. Let them come and drink. And anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, they could all come. You mean to tell me that everyone's invited to this thing? And God's like, yeah. It's a water party. Come. It's a water party. So Lord, here we are, new life. And I need the water of life. I need breakthrough to get, to come. Breakthrough in healing. I need deliverance and salvation maybe. Maybe you're here and you could fit into some of that. I need water, water for areas in my life. I need to leave my stronghold. I need to drink freely today from this water and God says what come 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 break through break through break through take the water drink it come 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 and then when we do that he becomes my stronghold and the enemy no longer becomes my stronghold. What are you talking about? Watch this. Psalm chapter 18, verse 2. The book of Psalms says this. The Lord, everyone say the Lord, is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. Look at this. The Lord, he's my God. He's my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and He is the horn of my salvation. What does that mean? He is the power that saves me. And I love this last part, comma. The Lord, He is my stronghold. That's big. I'm going to ask you to stand with me real quick. You stand. And you find yourself like David. Oh, man. Man, if I, if I could just drink from some, those, from some of those waters. Oh, man. And how little did we know that the waters of the Old Testament are symbolic for the waters of salvation in your life. Many of us wrote stuff on, the, on that wall. And on that wall, the Lord today might be telling you, listen up. Come and get the water for the things that are written on that wall. What do you mean, Lord? Breakthrough. Breakthrough today. How many of you need to Breakthrough to receive the waters of salvation, the waters of healing, the waters of deliverance. Hey, listen, the waters of right thinking in your mind. Because some of us are not even thinking right. And you're saying, I need the waters to think right. Once and for all. Once and for all. Today we break our fast for some of us. We're going to do something beautiful as we break our fast and we worship. We're going to break it together, having the Lord's Supper.
you know Jesus, partake of this. And the ushers, as we worship the Lord for a little bit, they're going to pass out the elements of the Lord's Supper. They're going to give you a piece of bread and a juice, and we're going to take that together. But if you need prayer, and you need a breakthrough, and you just said, God, this word was for me. I need to get to the waters. And I know that my enemy's encamped, and it's not going to be easy. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what you've been through, what you might enter into. But today I'm going to believe for a breakthrough. It's okay to put your juice down and put your bread down. Bring it up here and put it on the, on the platform. But if that's you, this is what we're going to do. We're going to worship the Lord. And we're going to ask you to come up here and we're going to pray with you. I'm going to ask certain people to come and pray with you as we worship God together. If not, just stand there and receive your bread and, and your juice. And we'll take it together in a little bit. But if you need prayer and you need breakthrough in your life, this is what I want. Let's worship our God. Come up to the front if you need to. Let's pray over you and pray with you and believe for your breakthrough. And let God be glorified in your life. Drink from the waters. Let God be glorified. So who needs prayer? Who needs that breakthrough? Who needs that just where two or more are gathered? There the, the Spirit of the Lord will be there. If that's you, I want you just to come. You don't have to feel bad or feel less some of the leaders here are going to pray for you. So Lord, we open up our hearts. Let us break through in these areas. Fill us with your power. Receive prayer today. If there's anyone else, just come. Come.